Every day, five days a week, sometimes four properties a day, our in-house photographer, Emma, is taking images of homes. And if she isn't taking images, she's editing them. And when she isn't editing them, she's uploading them. Needless to say, she knows a thing or two about what works, what doesn't, and how to make your home look like a million bucks. Here's Emma. <laughs> Get right in there. Get to the juicy stuff. <laughs> the juicy real estate stuff. Can you, you're not encouraged. You're the one. Carly's got a case of giggles this morning. She's having trouble being serious. I don't know why. Hi, and welcome to the pod. Thanks, Carly. Thanks for inviting me to the pod. You didn't have to walk far. No, I didn't. What are we talking about today? I want to talk about how you got into photography. Yeah, um, that could be a very long story. could be a very short one, so I'll make a nice short one for you. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I started photography probably back in, oh, I'd say like 2000 and like officially doing some sort of like events and things like that. As a hobby, I kind of started it probably like 2009 or 10, like when I was finishing school. Um, But yeah, um, I did start doing some events and things um, around uni when I was studying fine arts and kind of got to experiment a little bit with the darkroom and um, developing film and things like that in uni um, and really loved it. Didn't actually like the digital side of it as much as sort of traditional photography, actually, when I studied it through uni, but I'd been doing it as a hobby for quite a while and um, really loved light painting and um, night photography. So that's where I kind of started and, um, yeah, ended up sort of landing a part-time gig working with a guy who was already in the real estate industry and just needed an extra hand. So I started doing that sort of around study. Um, and then, yeah, when I sort of went on to study graphic design through TAFE, I did photography as a subject again, and um, I kind of actually just fell into it. I never planned to do it full-time as a as a full-time job or career, um, but yeah, it's just something I sort of fell into. I found I ended up having a fair bit of work and then sort of landed this gig, which was full-time. So yeah, kind of actually just stumbled upon it full-time, never planned to do photography real estate photography anyway um and didn't study specifically for just real estate because I don't even think there is a course where you can study just for real estate photography but definitely hands-on experience out in the field first was where I started and yeah just had all the equipment and it ended up just lining up okay and where did you actually study what what university so I studied at um Newcastle University um for a year for fine arts and ended up sort of just feeling like it wasn't taking me where I wanted to go and then I switched over to doing um, graphic design and printing through TAFE and um, sort of got to my Cert 4 and ended up going to sort of do my diploma, but then sort of landing this full-time gig. So I decided to put it on hold because I was kind of a bit overstudy anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get out there and work and earn money. So ended up doing that instead. So going back to no one teaches you how to take a photo of a room, you can get taught how to do portrait portraits and you can get taught how to do landscapes how do you learn to photograph a room so um I think it's it's a bit of having an eye for it um if you're doing sort of more lifestyle or creative shots and then um for your basic shots definitely obviously um I learned alongside a guy who was already doing it so I spent a couple of years with him um and he showed me sort of 
what he likes to do and um, sort of what lenses he likes to use and how he likes to kind of photograph the space. And then I guess I took um, sort of what I learned from him and probably did a very similar thing to him at the start um, and then kind of just took my own spin on it later and photography is a very personal kind of industry so everyone sort of has their own way of doing things which makes it I guess so unique but um, yeah definitely there is sort of a standard to real estate photography everything everyone wants everything like nice and wide and be able to see the whole room so yeah it just really depends on the space how it's laid out so every house is different so it's really a case-by-case sort of basis for that one as well and if you're coming to photograph my house because it's for sale do I need to be there um no you don't need to be there um I encourage people to be there because I think it's good to meet them just so they can see what I'm like um you know if there's anything I need from them obviously there's cases where the houses are vacant and um I don't actually really need them to be there so, um, you know, if there's nothing in there, it's just a matter of, you know, adjusting blinds, turning on lights, things like that. But, um, yeah, I do prefer them to be there just in case, you know, there is something that they're concerned about or something that they, you know, if there's a specific angle that they would like. Um, that way we can just make sure that we get all the cover all the shots for them. Um, but, yeah, it's completely optional. Like if you're comfortable um having me go through your property I'm more than happy to go through without you um I do a lot of properties every week so you know I have a range of vacant and you know own occupied houses or tenant occupied houses so um no you don't have to be there but it's just better if you're unsure about how to prepare your house for sale I guess and if I I would probably know you're coming about a week out is there something I can do before you get there to make your job a little easier and to make my home look as best it can in photos so we send out a um, guideline just to give you an idea of the things that we would like to move sort of room by room um, but yeah definitely um, you know leaving all your clothes off the line um, leaving your car out of the driveway and just generally keeping the house sort of clutter free is like in a sort of a little nutshell what I would try and you know, encourage everyone to do so you can get more money for your house. Obviously, how it's presented online on realestate.com domain um, really affects the price, I think. So, yeah, just really keeping it as neat and tidy as possible, having all the beds made, making sure everything's ready to go, making sure you don't have too many, like, bottles or personal items in your bathrooms and kitchens. Um, Yeah, it's really the thing that I would encourage people to do the most. So if it's a three or four bedroom house, are you actually going to photo all three or four bedrooms or could I hide all my stuff in one of the bedrooms? Yeah, so absolutely. You can hide anything in, like I would encourage people to, you know, use the laundry space, use the garage space. Um, If you do have three or four bedrooms, usually I try and at least get two of them. So even if you have to fill up two of the other bedrooms, if you have four, um, just with little knickknacks, I'd encourage you to do that. If you're not sure about what items you should leave in, it's always best to move them, like if they're small, like obviously don't move the whole bed out of it into <laughs> another bedroom, but if they're small, I'd encourage you just to move them anyway. It's much easier to pull one or two items back than it is to kind of, you know, um, pull everything out that you're unsure of because most people kind of have a pretty good idea of what, you know, they've seen enough images and sort of like, you know, maybe watch the block enough that they kind of know like, you know, what we're kind of aiming for in this industry. So, 
Um, I think most people have a generally a pretty good idea. So definitely use those spaces, garage, laundry, um, an extra bedroom or two um, to hide all your stuff. And then we can always work from there once we get there. So just give me two or three little areas of the house that you, it's very common that people overlook, but makes a big difference. Um, yep. So usually um, the kitchen and the bathroom is honestly where I find most of the clutter, a lot of the clutter. Um, like just things with like towels, you know, either have brand new towels or um, not at all. Um, getting rid of them off the showers, getting rid of the soap scum, um, making sure you don't have any showers before I come because sometimes you can see the water on the shower screens. That's really hard to um, remove. And um, really just getting rid of like any sort of shampoo bottles, you know, ingredients on the kitchen bench. Um, you know, if you if you are worried about personal photos, um, we can remove some in tricky sort of spots. But I encourage you just to sort of like pull those down if you're a little bit worried about having your personal photos online as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, apart from that, it definitely is a case by case basis. Some people, everyone has different levels of what they feel like is you know, ready for their house to present for sale. So um, it's just trying to get into that level where we think, you know, they could get the most for their house. And yeah, some people are really good with it and other people just need a little bit of extra help. Yeah. So. And I know you've mentioned before magnets on the fridge, gone. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Electricity um, bill, gone. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people like to store sort of like, you know, things from their kids on the fridge photos, um, you know, bills, anything like that. So, yeah, would definitely encourage you to clear off the fridge. And um, same with posters and st things like that on the in the bedroom walls, um, sort of making sure that, yeah, any sort of posters, especially in kids' bedrooms, I know it gets hard when they have all their toys and their personal items. But, um, yeah, really just utilising those extra spaces like the laundry, the garage and the extra bedrooms just to really clean up those rooms. Um, and just make it neat and tidy so it's easy to kind of view online and, you know, we can see what the space is designed to be, if it's designed to be a bedroom or a lounge room without sort of getting distracted by um, all the extra sort of little things that might be around. So you can actually kind of get a good feel for the space of the house without sort of being distracted is the aim. And what about the exterior? So there's a few things you can um, do on the exterior of your house to sort of prepare it for me to come through. Definitely move all the cars if you have a boat, if you have a caravan, um, move those out of the driveway. Um, lawns being mowed if you can, you know, bushes being pruned back. Um, if you have any outdoor settings, sort of making sure they're ready. So like any sort of tables or things like that, if you're going to put, you know, um, sort of like meal prep settings up or anything like that, just making sure they're all done. Um, and also clothes on the line is a big one as well. A lot of time I'll turn up and people have just sort of hung their clothes on the line. Definitely make sure you don't do that because um, they're really extremely hard to edit out. So um, I always end up asking people to take their clothes off the line even if they've just hung them out, which can be kind of annoying um, for them. <laughs> but um, And also pools as well. So if you have a pool, getting the pool cleaner out, um, just sort of like swiping it for leaves, making sure it's looking neat and tidy really. And I actually want to talk to you about Photoshop for a minute. It's a double-edged sword. It's the best tool ever and it's also the worst thing ever invented. Can you <laughs> give me a little drum about what we can Photoshop and what we can't Photoshop and what you choose not to Photoshop and why? 
Yes, yeah, so Photoshop's a great tool, um, probably a little bit more relied on than it should be in um, a lot of circumstances. It's also used probably more of a <laughs> sales tool by the agents um, than the actual photographers when we're going through the property. But I think there's a little bit of a, a misconception as to sort of, you know, there's Photoshop, you can Photoshop pretty much anything out, but it's making it look like it was never there in the first place and actually doing a really good job of it. That's the hard thing sometimes. So um, things like brick walls, anything with textures, tiles, um, or anything like that really, oh, it's going to be a lot harder to kind of edit things out if they're leaning against those kind of surfaces. Um, if you have things on grass or something that's a little in the, even like something that's against like a sky background or a, a blank white wall, it's going to be a lot easier to edit out than it is with something with a pattern. So, um, yeah, it definitely should be a last resort, um, something that you just kind of don't plan to use or say, hey, um, we're going to need this and this photoshopped out. There are specific cases and certain things that we can do and utilise Photoshop for. And obviously um, we love those tools for vibrance, especially in real estate photography, making all the images look clean and tidy. But at the end of the day, um, we want it to look as realistic as possible still, just in its best light. So um, it's always best if you can clean something up that you do it and um, don't rely on Photoshop just in case I get there and it's not easy to get rid of because sometimes, uh, yeah, if, even if you do get rid of it, it just doesn't look as good as if it was never there. Yeah. So. And grass. Yes. Talk <laughs> nice to me green about grass. very, very green grass. So um, a lot of, especially in this industry, grass replacements are a big sort of thing for real estate photography. Everyone wants them to look immaculate you know like perfect golf gar like golf course kind of grass um it's definitely sort of become i guess an industry standard to sort of have the perfect grass <laughs> in every house but um i definitely think that there's there's definitely a line for me where i say no you know um at the end of the day you don't have enough to work with if it's a patch here and there like maybe they've had a trailer or something on it and you know something's gone wrong it's died and it's at that one patch but I can see their grass is in really good condition then yeah of course there's cases you're more than happy to sort of touch it up but as a general rule I always tell people like um, if you don't if it's just dirt there's sort of nothing I can really do we've sort of got to let that either grow back and come back another time or um, just kind of present it how it is you don't want people to turn up to your house and be super disappointed that you have no turf. <laughs> so, but we definitely do green the grass, um, colour retouch it. So that definitely does make it look more vibrant and more full in general, even if it is the original grass. So how much do you actually edit? Or how much is it is skill in the way you take a photo with natural light coming through the window and lights on and angles as opposed to trickery? Because we've all been to homes that look a million dollars and you walk in and you're so disappointed that you've taken you know three hours out of your day to drive there and go through the open so um the thing that you it's really hard to get across is through a photo online is um when you're viewing a house and going through and looking at the natural lighting um most of us i think i, I could just be you know speaking for myself but um we'll use mo like multiple exposures of every image to kind of get the best parts and then kind of sandwiching that together, if you will, to kind of create like maybe the perfect exposure. Um, but that's why everything looks so nice and tidy, like the outside's perfectly exposed, the inside's nice and clean and bright. Um, so 
when you're walking through, um, it might be a very dark space, but, you know, we've used, you know, our tripod, you know, a certain, it's been at a certain height, um, you know, obviously it's set right at the corner of the room to make everything look as wide as we can possibly get it to show as much as we can. So in that respect, yeah, it's always going to be different um, walking through looking at a house as well. And there's certain things like, you know, you won't photograph. So, um, you know, photograph the hallways, things like that. So that can make a very different impact on when you're actually walking through a house first when you're looking on, you know, online at photos. And you've gone to, I think you'd go to, what, 20 homes a week? Yeah, sometimes. quite a few. <laughs> 25 <laughs> homes a week? Yeah, absolutely. We go through quite a few. And, you know, 48 weeks a year you're doing it. It's a lot, yeah. Over many years and you've seen probably more houses than anyone in this, in, in this, you know, in yeah, this office. Yeah, for sure. Um, what difference does it make if you've got either a, a, a completely empty house, because some homes are completely empty, others are staged, others are lived in, and then others are very, very lived in? Yeah, so um, I think the main thing is just having it as neat as you possibly can. Like, even if a house is older, I've seen plenty of like older houses that have had um, the owners have done a really good job in in just keeping it neat and tidy, making sure the beds are made, making sure you know the windows are clean, things like that. Just doing their very best to make sure it's presented as well as possible, even if it is an old house. Um, you don't have to have a lot of money, like you know, it definitely costs money to have your house style. And I realise that you know not everyone has that kind of cash to kind of spend on their house for sale. So, um, but like, you know, there's a lot of places out there now that offer like cheap alternatives like Kmart, um, you know, they have plenty of little accessories and things that people can grab now. And that kind of like does a pretty good job of imitating a, a full kind of a styled appearance, if you will, um, on a budget. But even then, I think even if you, you know, you can't be bothered doing the little things like you know, the little pot plants or, you know, the pictures on the wall and things like that. Um, the main thing is just having everything put away that doesn't need to be out, like clutter, and then just really keeping the space neat and tidy. Um, that makes a massive difference, probably the biggest difference um, to photography, real estate photography. And if my home is completely empty, my tenants have moved out, and do I need to let you know, because there are programs that we can add furniture in and we can we can virtual furniture thanks so do you need to know if I'm planning on adding virtual furniture in before you shoot or is that I don't I don't have to necessarily like um, I usually take a variety of different angles um, and also when the house is vacant um, it is a lot easier to kind of move in and go to what corner you you would like to take the you know the photo from because there's no furniture to kind of prohibit you from like moving around the space but um it definitely is a good idea to tell me before I go through so yeah it, it definitely is a good idea sometimes um I'll photograph the space a lot differently um depending on like I might break the rooms up a little bit differently or I might sit in a different corner to kind of like uh because I know that there's going to be like a couch setting there so instead of taking it from like you know like the widest corner that I think possible um, I might break the spaces up a little bit into like more your living area, dining area. Um, so I definitely might photograph your house a little bit differently if I know there's virtual furniture going in. But that's not to say that I might not also take the same angles just depending on the layout of the house if I was to go in without 
knowing that you were going to get virtual furniture. Yeah, okay. And I just want to ask you about wide-angled lenses. Um, people think we use them for trickery and to make a room seem heaps bigger than what it is, but why do you actually use wide-angled lenses? Yes, there's a variety, like like I said, um, photography is a very personal kind of field. Like there is definitely some sort of industry standard, but at the same time, it is a matter, matter of like sort of personal preference, I guess, and um, what you kind of feel works for you as far as um, lenses and camera bodies. But um, yeah, wide angles um, for real estate photography definitely is um, kind of your base standard for just doing any sort of property. And the reason for that being is we're trying to get as much of the space in as possible uh, to kind of show you the whole space because um, obviously you're not going through uh, – initially we're trying to get you through the house so you can have a look at this thing in person. So we're trying to show you as much of the property as possible um, without you actually having to be there. So um, wide-angle lens is the best way to do that. Um, yeah, there's a variety of different things you can use. Some people use 10 mil, which can kind of cause a little bit of distortion – and what you're talking about can kind of, I guess, you know, people feel like they've been a little bit tricked maybe when they go through and they think, wow, this is, you know, so much bigger than it actually is. Um, but I definitely think there's like kind of um, sort of like a, a, a line that you kind of get to where it's like wide enough that you can see everything, but it doesn't actually distort the picture, which I kind of feel sits around like, you know, sort of 16 mil on a full frame body which is what I use and um, I, I feel like I've that's a pretty good compromise between the two, like not having it so it distorts the image so much and also having it so, um, you know, if I do have a smaller bathroom, I can kind of show enough of it that people get the idea of the space. So, yeah, it's just kind of finding that middle ground. But um, definitely wide angle is, is what we kind of like to use to show as much as we can um, of the property in such a short amount of time to you without you having to actually go through the property. So, And you've just mentioned a little bit about what you use, but can you, budding photographers out there wanting to get into real estate photography, what camera do you use and lenses and things like that? <laughs> well, I guess there's a lot of bodies out Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah, different brands, different bodies. Um, there's definitely like a lot of a lot of options. Um I've I've used quite a few different brands, Nikon, Sony, Canon. Um, I don't really think it matters. It's just a personal preference. I, I like Canon the best just because I think I've grown up sort of using that. So I'm familiar with the, the sort of menu system and the setup and getting to all my settings quickly and things like that. But um, definitely I would at least recommend a full frame body. And um, like you said, we were talking about a wide angled lens, like a 16 mil um, really just to show kind of as your, you know, your gear standard, I guess, just for real estate photography, then, you know, you can talk about lighting and everything else, flashes, um, and all that, you know, sort of can come into a separate topic, I guess, like they're probably what you would need after you sort of get the basics. So yeah, definitely want your tripod as well, because we use those all the time for internal shots. Um, but yeah, apart from those three things, you can really there's some quite some cheap alternatives like mirrorless is coming in now. I have a Canon 5D Mark IV which I use regularly, and I've also now got a Canon R5. Um, I probably still use the digital SLR more than I do the mirrorless for real estate photography at this time. Um, but yeah, there's heaps of other options coming through. Like 
mirrorless has made sort of the digital bodies, digital SLRs a little bit cheaper now. So if you are trying to get into it, it's probably cheaper going for those bodies now because they've sort of started to come down a little bit in price. But um, yeah, really just a matter of personal preference, finding something that works for you and the setup that you like. And what about the editing suites? What do you use on a daily basis to edit? Um, so I use um, the Adobe Creative Suite, which I think probably a lot of people do. Um, but mainly in those sort of um, for in that suite, sorry, Photoshop, Lightroom, and Bridge are the main ones I use on a day to day basis. And um, yeah, Bridge more as a sort of sorting and um, file resizing program along with um, Camera Raw, which is also part of Photoshop. And, um, yeah, Lightroom for light changes and things like that. And I always use Photoshop for colour corrections and spot corrections and things like that. So just a mixture, really, of all three, depending on the house. Yep. And lastly, I want to – you're – well, not quite a coastie, almost a coastie. Almost, in between. <laughs> almost in between. <laughs> but when you are here, where's your favourite place to visit? Um, yeah, I have quite a, I have a quite a few places. Um, I really like sort of um, Summersby Falls, that kind of area. Um, the is it the Fernley Track as yeah. well. Um, love that kind of area as well. Nora Head. We have some really great beaches. Um, Soldiers Beach, Lakes Beach is really nice as well. Uh, really just depends on my mood. <laughs> and I like cafes and I like food, so there's plenty of places to sort of eat on the central coast but and yeah. what about if I were a budding photographer I want to go and get some just some really great shots where would you send Amazing me shots um Nora Head Lighthouse is a really good spot to they do have some restrictions on sort of what you can do on the actual lighthouse so do watch out for that um but yeah Nora Head the rock pool that kind of area as well um you want to kind of look at sunset um but yeah sunrise the sunrise is obviously on the east so if you want to get some nice morning shots there that'd be really great um Catho beach as well they have some really beautiful spots there with the bridge and everything in the rock pools um yeah we have some really great spots on the coast um i guess it just depends if you want to go you know sort of waterfalls or bushes yeah. or you kind of like beaches are more your thing i guess it landscapes if at all <laughs> so depends what you're into <laughs> thank you for coming in today no worries thanks for having me i hope today's podcast has helped you out a little bit if you are selling your home or you know someone who is and what to do before the photographer comes around or if you're a budding photographer and you know hopefully emma's given you some helpful helpful hints if you need any more information, please see our show links down the bottom. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and like and maybe even share it. This podcast drops every Wednesday. It's produced by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.